Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, good morning, Crosspoint family. What a week. Uh, Last Sunday, we talked about Daniel and his daily disciplines. We talked about that when he was threatened with his life, he actually went home as he had done always. He had opened up the shutters of his house and three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed to God. He went home and did what he had always done. If you're like me this week, you have checked multiple news sources before going to bed and also uh, when you wake up in the morning wondering what's happening with this election. Each day we've awaited the news of who is going to be our president. And in the midst of this, I hope that each day this week that you have awakened and each morning said, I'm going to do what I have always done. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give thanks to God. I'm going to worship and I'm going to read my Bible. No matter what you were hoping for, I just want you to know, and I believe that you can all say this, God is still good. God is still good. He is still faithful. And to that, we can all say a hearty amen. If you missed last week's message, I would encourage you to watch online at crosspointwaverly.com or go to YouTube, or you can even listen on Spotify. There are a number of ways to to take advantage of that and see uh, previous messages. Today, we're going to start a new series called The Lost Art of Gratitude. The Lost Art of Gratitude, and what a fitting message for today in the season that we're in. I thought that I would start these messages out with a uh, with a little fun. Jimmy Fallon, each Friday night on his talk show, does these things called thank you notes. And, uh, and I did these a couple of years ago, and I thought it could be funny to insert some of these here over the next few weeks as we're in this series. Unfortunately, we won't have the cool background uh, music in the background. So if you can just envision with me that somebody's playing the keyboard and there's this melodramatic music playing in the background, you can see the keys behind me. Just pretend like those are moving. And so he just writes these thank you notes on Fridays. And so I just thought that today it would be fun to uh, to start the sermon out with some thank you notes. So here's the first one. Thank you, Tuesday, November 3rd, for bringing a reprieve to political ads, however short it may be. Next one. Thank you, 2020, for being an excuse for my wife to decorate for Christmas even earlier. And I think here's my favorite one of these for uh, for today. Thank you, quarantine, for the ability to share these jokes and to not have to deal with the awkward silence of no one laughing at my jokes. That's still so awkward even here to share that with you. So there you go. This year has left some of us feeling, what is there to be grateful for? Uh, You've suffered at each turn, whether there's a loss of a family member or the loss of connection or a job, the loss of stability, the loss of friendships or the loss of security. This past week, my wife and I were scheduled to be in Sarasota, Florida, and I traded uh, a week away with my wife in a hotel room for a getaway from my wife in the guest bedroom as I have been in quarantine. And some of you are like, well, you should just be grateful you have a guest bedroom. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, I am grateful. But before you start preaching to me, uh, let me finish with the rest of this message for today. I'm grateful for a lot of things in this past week. One is I'm grateful that our family has stayed well. 
I'm grateful for a house and a guest bedroom, and uh, and there's something crazy that's happened this week, the first week of November, uh, is we have had some unusually warm weather. And so this week, as I've been working from home, as I've been quarantined, I've been able to sit out in my front yard, prepare this message, make phone calls, FaceTime with people, uh, message with people, and still been able to work and not have to be confined within my house, but instead being able to enjoy the nice weather. And so I'm grateful for that. My inconvenience this week has been mild compared to, to what some of you have gone through. No matter what you find yourself going through, there's always something that we can be grateful for. No matter what you find yourself going through, there's always something that we can be grateful for. One of the things that my kids have said that they're grateful for in the midst of this quarantine is they say, well, the one good thing is we don't have to listen to you and mom kiss all the time. So I love being a parent of teenagers, I love that that grosses them out, and I look forward to the day when, once again, my lips can touch the lips of my wife. So uh, this series is going to look at the spiritual virtue of gratitude. Through seeing that all good things in life come from God, remembering God's word, being thankful in all circumstances, and cultivating a thankful heart, we'll be able to fully grasp God's work in our lives and to live a life of gratitude. I'm going to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1 this morning. James chapter 1, you can follow along whether you're looking on your smartphones or uh, an actual paper copy of the Bible uh, at your house this morning. But verse number 12 is where we're going to begin of James chapter 1. This is what it says. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Verse number 16, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. And so God, we ask that over the next few moments that you would open up our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what you would have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Being thankful is an important aspect to being human, but God is the one who ultimately deserves our thanks and our gratitude. We will be grateful to God who gives all good things in our lives. For some of you who've watched an award ceremony or someone who uh, wins an election or whatever, they give this thing called an acceptance speech. And in their acceptance speech, they thank the ones who are very near and dear to them or uh, it, with the political scene, they might say they're grateful for the ones who voted for them. If it's in a movie award ceremony, they might thank their director or their staff or their spouse. And of course, an occasional uh, thank you to God, uh, you'll hear from some people. But no matter what the venue, thankfulness for who we know, where we have been and what we have is important. Most of us recognize that any good that we have that's come to us or from us is done because of the help of others along the way. People who think that they're self-made are only kidding themselves. So many have looked to the book of James in this season, and I think it's appropriate for us today 
as we dive into it. I'm going to ask you to turn back just a few verses in James chapter 1 to verse number 2. And he starts off this chapter with this with these verses that are just crazy. He says, uh, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking in anything. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't particularly enjoy facing hardship. But as I've looked back at my past and as, as I've looked back on the journey that God has brought us on, I can see that uh, it's through the pain and the struggle and the battle where I've grown the most. And I would imagine for you that that would be your testimony and your story, that in the pain and in the struggle and the battle is where you grew the most. It's where you were strengthened and sharpened and refined. James says, consider it pure joy. I don't know about you, uh, when consider it pure joy when you face trials. And I don't know about you, but there are times when, when I open up the Bible and I, and I read passages in here and I just want to rip that page out because I'm like, how, how in the world could I consider it pure joy to face trials of many kinds? But the problem with us is we read the Bible wanting to, uh, to sharpie out things that we don't agree with or ripping out the pages is that God's ways are better than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So verse number 10, where we begin our passage this morning says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. What we see in this passage is the maturation process, an almost coming of age, if you will. The last few weeks, we've talked about how mighty God is and how faithful God is and how God is faithful to see us through trials. Trials for believers are like divine homework. They help grow us. And James says to endure these hardships and God will give you eternal life. Paul writes in the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse number 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Can I tell you something this morning? God has brought you way too far for you to give up now. And so I want to encourage you to remain steadfast. And one day you'll look back and you'll see that all of this was worth it. Notice that the conjunction if is there. We will reap all of good God has for us if we don't give up. So I just want to encourage you. For those of you who who are struggling right now, who are really just questioning whether or not you're going to continue in this race of faith or whether you're going to give up on that, can I beg you, please don't give up. God is faithful and he's going to see you through. In verse number 13 of James chapter 1, he writes, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. I think that there are times when we don't give God credit for the things that he deserves credit for. And I think that there are times when we give God credit uh, or we... We give God credit for things that he doesn't deserve credit for. In other words, we don't give him credit for the good things that we should. And then we wind up giving blame to him for the things that we shouldn't and that he doesn't deserve the blame on. Each person is tempted when he or she is lured and noticed, uh, excuse me, and enticed by his or her own desire. We're born with a sin nature. 
We're born with the propensity towards sin. For those of you who've had children, uh, you see at a very early age the sin nature coming out in your kids. And when we give birth to thoughts, when we put actions to the desires that are in our heart, that giving birth leads to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. And so where's the hope in that? Where's, what can we be grateful for in this passage? I thought that you were preaching a, a message about the lost art of gratitude. And here we are looking at these verses. How, how can we be grateful and how can we have a heart of gratitude in this? Well, first we realize that as we're looking at the book of James, that it fits in the, in the context of an entire book that God has given to us called the Bible. And so as we consider other verses around this, there's some tremendous news and great, uh, great things to be grateful for. So Paul writes in Romans chapter six, verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is something that we can be grateful for. Paul is recognizing the consequence of sin. He's saying that it leads to death. But again, there's a conjunction there. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's something that we can be grateful for. In regards to temptation, there are times when, when people will face temptation, they'll fall into temptation and they'll sin and they'll say things like, well, I just couldn't help myself. Well, the beauty of being a follower of Jesus is that the Holy Spirit resides within us. And he empowers us to stand against temptation. That's something that we can be grateful for. The Holy Spirit dwells within us and gives us the power to stand against temptation. And so we don't have an excuse to say, well, I just couldn't help myself. No, instead, uh, we lean on the Holy Spirit to help us. In fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. He writes, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. Here we see that God is faithful again, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So we see that we can be grateful because God helps us. His Holy Spirit gives us strength to stand against temptation, and he also provides a way out for us as we face temptation. And so as we look at the trials and temptation, we can be grateful because God has delivered us from death. He gives us strength against temptation and he gives us a reward for those who love him and obey him. This free gift of eternal life with him in heaven. James goes on to write in verse number 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from God. There's a Harvard health article that said gratitude is a powerful force for people. With gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. In the process, people usually recognize that the source of goodness lies at least partially outside themselves. As a result, gratitude also helps people connect to something larger than themselves as individuals. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. And so when we walk in the way God designed us to live, we experience greater wholeness. 
One commentary said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And he says, in context, James is speaking to a strange theology that God brings about temptation to the believer. James states that someone should not say, I'm being tempted by God, as we see in verse number 13. Temptation and evil do not come from God. Rather, all good things in this world come from a good God. And so the larger theological truth implications extend to our whole lives. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. God's gifts are marked by kindness and helpfulness, not destructiveness. Hear that again. God's gifts are marked by kindness and helpfulness, not destructiveness. So the point of James' statement is that nothing but good comes from God. That's great news for us this morning. It's something that we can be grateful for, that nothing but good comes from God. So anything that's happened in our lives, no matter how much we may have thought that we can take credit for it, anything that's happened to us is a direct result of the love and the grace and the mercy of God. Anything good that's happened in us is a direct result of the love and the grace and the mercy of God. In verse number 18, he says, Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So we look at the loving nature of God and his desire to bring all to salvation. And so what do we do with this? With everything going on around us, the pandemic, the election, you name it, whatever trial that you're experiencing, do we throw up our hands and give up? Absolutely not. We don't give up. Instead, it may seem like uh, for some of you that God is tempting you beyond your ability to what you can bear. And I just want to encourage you this morning to take the words of James and endure the hardship and endure the suffering and endure the trials. There is a reward that's going to be so worth it at the end. And I hope that in the meantime that you'll wake up each day with a heart of gratitude towards God, giving him the thanks and the praise that he deserves. You recognize that he's good, that he's mighty, and he's faithful, and that he's near to you. He has you, and everything good comes from him. I think that's a tremendous word of encouragement for us this morning. In all that we're facing, to see that God is near to us, that he's faithful, that he's mighty, and that he's good. And so even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of suffering, we can look to him with a heart of gratitude. I hope that this week, as you face different scenarios and different temptations and different trials, number one, that you'll stand firm against temptation by the power of the Holy Spirit. And also as you face trials and suffering, that in the midst of it, that you would look to a loving God and be grateful for something in the midst of it. And I believe that as you as you reshape your current circumstances and what you're going through and you look to the faithfulness of God, that it's going to change your life and change your heart and you'll be able to be an encouragement to someone else. Well, here's what I know is that there are some of you who are watching online this morning and you don't have a relationship with God. You've not been able to receive the free gift of eternal life that he offers. You've never confessed your sins to him and, and felt that freedom that comes from having those sins lifted off of you and being forgiven. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to be able to respond to the message. I want to give you an opportunity to become a follower of Jesus. And so for those of you who say, I've never become a follower of Jesus, in a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I'm going to ask that you would repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you.
But maybe there are also some of you who've turned your backs from God and you say, today I want to see my relationship restored back to him. I'm going to ask also that you would repeat this prayer after me. Let's say it this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning, I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.